you're able, please stand with us for the reading of the word. Verse 7. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. The word of God for the people of God. And everyone say, thanks be to God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Excitedly, tonight we want to deal with again this idea of what does it mean to receive a double portion? What does it mean to receive a double portion? It's exciting to me to look at this text because when I read it, I get excited because this is God's restoration of the children of Israel and the prophetic word that precedes that restoration as God gets ready to put them in position to go into a new level and a new dimension of his mercy and his grace. The children of Israel had suffered many things. They had been in captivity. And there's nothing like going through for generations to make you really excited when you find out that it's over. It wasn't like they went in for a day, a month, a year, a week. They had been in captivity for generations. For generations, they had suffered much. For generations, they had their lives taken from them and transplanted to another land. For generations, they spent time in foreign territory. And there's nothing like being in and experiencing something where your life has been totally turned upside down. And this, one of those prophetic words, as God begins to speak to them, God makes sure they understand that all of the sorrow that they have experienced, you know, it doesn't matter that you may be living well, even if you're not necessarily in chains, if you're not, if you don't have freedom. The lack of chains does not mean that you're not already in captivity. That, that you know, sometimes we equate um, prison with with the only place where people are captive. Now, people can be captive by other things other than prison, other than having a jailer there, other than having guards around them. They can be held captive, and the children of Israel were being held captive. And at the end of the term of their captivity, the word of the Lord comes to them and the sorrow that they had experienced is now looked upon by God and God is telling them, you can let all of that pain go and you can receive joy. The, the keynote of this wonderful word here, and it's almost a song, if you will, the keynote of it is joy. Look, look at the text real quick. Open up your Bibles. <clears throat> get it in front of you. You'll see what I mean when I say the keynote is joy. In verse 3, he says, I'm going to give you the oil of joy. In verse 7, he says, I'm going to give you everlasting joy. And in verse 10, he says, my soul shall be joyful in God. 
all of the sorrow that preceded it are now being replaced by the joy of God. The joy that God has given them is going to be a joy that's going to be deeper than any other joy that one can have. You know, you can be joyous over things. You can be joyous and excited because you got a new car, you got a new house, you got a new pair of shoes even. I don't know about you, certain things just make you joyful. You can be joyous looking at a new puppy. And for those of you cat lovers, a new kitten. It, joy it, in those regards is dependent upon what is happening. It's dependent on the circumstances that you're in. It is dependent on external things. But here in the text, all of the joy here is related to more than the external. This joy is related independently to an internal joy. So that when you look at the joy that he's saying to them, he's saying to them, God is about to give you a joyful soul that your spirit is going to be renewed in joy. That, that the replacement for the psychic trauma that you've experienced is going to be joy. Now, you have to understand, anybody who's ever had a traumatic event happen in your life, you know anything can bring you back to that place. I, I was I watched with uh, with with some some interest. I, I had to tape because I couldn't see it. I wanted to see it. It was an interesting episode of uh, of Hawaii Five O. When I was young, now I'm gonna give you two instances of joy with this. My when I was young, my thing with my grandfather. I was real close to my granddad. Whenever I got in trouble, I'd go to his house. And when I, when I was running from Debbie. I went to his house. Debbie and I got in a fight one time. She told me, don't go to sleep. That was the first fight I won. And then she told me, don't go to sleep. I believed her. I had no idea what she might do, but I went to granddaddy's house. Get to granddaddy's house. His shows were Mannix. I know I'm going way back now. Hawaii Five-O. I'm talking about the, the old one. Book them, Dano. Yeah, and so I went, I went over there. And, and so when I, when I see a Hawaii 5 I kind of get caught. I get stuck. But in this Hawaii 5 it was interesting because uh, it, it begins. And my wife was watching this with me. She's like, what the wrong? She, the, the man is chasing his dog. His dog hears a noise or something and runs out into the middle of a busy street. And he's stopping cars, running after the dog, chasing him, and, and finally gets across the street. Another car's coming. He grabs the dog and falls over in the ground. My wife looked at me and said, I'm glad that wasn't my dog. <laughs> I don't know what would have happened to the dog. I'm telling you a true story. <laughs> I'm not sure the dog would have succeeded in many families. He might not have got across but, but they couldn't figure out what was wrong with the dog. What had happened? The dog was acting strange, sitting down, acting really weird, messed up. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with the dog. He called a veterinarian. The veterinarian came, made a house call. And the veterinarian said, the dog is exhibiting signs of PSD. 
What is it, PTSD? That's, that's the one. That, that, that one right there. Yeah, yeah, that one. One of them D's. They got it. He's got it. The dog has post-traumatic stress syndrome. What's wrong with it? So the, the, the doctor says, there's nothing I can do to, for him. You need to find out what caused it and remove whatever that is from the dog's environment. And he's like, we've lived here for years. Nothing, the, dog ain't been, the, the dog been fine. The dog happened to be a former military dog, really close to its trainer. And on one mission, this is the later discovery, on one mission, the owner or the, the trainer gets blown up in a field of these purple flowers. They're real common there, I think it was in Iraq. And the dog stayed with the trainer right there in the field of flowers while the trainer was there. A neighbor next door moves in, plants the same kind of flower, not common to Hawaii, but she loves flowers. The dog saw it and was automatically cast back into Iraq. A dog. Can you imagine what kind of psychic trauma happens in people? Events, places, things happen to you. All of a sudden, you're in the midst of a flashback. This is the kind of psychic trauma that Israel would have had to been under. They would have been under pressure of the mind even coming out of captivity because they had been in it so long. They had been buried in the captivity. Their heads would have been messed up. Freedom just ain't free. Because even when you're free, if your mind is stuck, you're stuck. So God promises them joy. But God promises them a kind of joy that only happens when you're in right relationship with God. It's the kind of joy that is on the inside. And God says, I'm, I'm going to fix this joy in you. I'm going to give you a joy that's going to make you, well, I'm going to help you from the inside out. I'm going to replace everything you've been through and give you joy. I'm going to replace all that stuff. I'm going to renew you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you completely back into relationship with me. I'm going to make sure you know you're not forgotten. I'm going to make sure you know that even though you've been through something, and yes, even though I'm the one that suffered it to be so, I'm still your God. God says, here's what I'm going to do. And there are three things that God does for them. It's A, B, and C in this, this regard. The first thing God says to them is that I'm going to restore your dignity. I'm going to restore your dignity. It's a restoration of dignity. Restoration of dignity. I'm, I'm going to restore your dignity. Your, your dignity is what's been taken from you. You know, when you, when, you, when you go through so much, you can tell people who've been through a whole lot, and some of you might, might relate to this, 
when you've been down and you've gone through a whole lot, you got to watch yourself. Because one of the things that happens sometimes is you stop dressing, you stop doing your hair, you stop caring. No, nobody cares what I look like anyway. Nobody paying me no attention. And anybody that is paying attention is not the one you want to pay attention, so why should I care? No, you, you're not dressing for them. You're dressing for you. You're dressing because it makes you feel better. You feel good about yourself. But it's a telltale sign when, when, when dignity is robbed that we begin to lose certain aspects of ourselves. We begin to lose certain aspects of the joy of living. Even good music don't sound good anymore. Good food doesn't taste right anymore. The same steak made the way you love it doesn't chew right anymore. It's not the steak, it's you. And you've gotta be able to recognize in yourself when you need to cast yourself on the altar and say, God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore what the enemy has tried to steal from me, how he's tried to take from me. I've been, listen, the more you go through, you can't act like you're not going through stuff. The more you go through, whether it's with your family, whether it's your finance, with your friends, with your fellowships, the more you go through, the more you find yourself robbed of your joy. The more you find yourself robbed of your joy, of your peace, and the dignity that goes with that joy and peace. You see, some of us were happier when we had nothing. We had nothing and we were more joyous. But the more the enemy has pulled on us and taken from us, sometimes it happens in our health. Sometimes it happens because those we love won't live like we think they should. Or because those we love are sick. Or because those we love are in need and we can't meet the need. Or even because those we love have gone home to be with God. That estrangement causes us to need a restoration of dignity. And look what God says that he's going to do. And here's the servant song here. And this is a, it's a point towards the Messiah. It's a point towards the Messianic text. It's the same text derived in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 has Jesus reading these words, the words of Isaiah the prophet. Hear those words. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is actually... Isaiah 61 verse 1 because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor he sent me to to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives the opening of prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes. Now, now this is this is powerful here because see, one of the things that happened in that culture is when you were mourning, you put on ashes. You know, you'd put you'd, you'd even wrap your head and you'd put ashes on. When you weren't mourning, you'd wrap your head with beauty and you'd adorn yourself. And so the text is saying, I'm taking off mourning clothes and I'm putting on my beautiful garments. 
He says, I'm getting ready to, it, you, you got, can only imagine it's an undignified state to be in mourning and in ashes. It's not, it's not that pretty. And, and can I help somebody here? Some of us are still mourning stuff that we should have been moving beyond. Not saying that we can't mourn, but there's a season for which that mourning ought to change in its effect on our lives. And some of us are still mourning that which God's been trying to give us beauty for. We need to release some things into the hand of God. There's some stuff you can't fix. Some stuff you can't handle. It's time for you to take off the ashes and accept the beauty that God has given you. Because see, if you don't, you're going to keep going downward into an undignified state because that's what happens when I stay in mourning too long. One of the things I've come to know is the Israelites had something correct when they had seasons set aside for mourning and times for mourning, for shiva, and for times to give remembrance. And they dedicate a certain amount of time because, they, because I, if I allow myself to linger and waller in and see now mourning is not just death. Sometimes we mourn the loss of relationships. We, we mourn changed relationships, changed friendships, canceled things. We can mourn many things. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves down. But God says, I want to give you beauty for ashes. And he says, I want to give you the oil joy for mourning. Ooh, I'm going to brighten up life. He says, this is real good. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'm getting ready. Thank you, Lord. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, there's nothing that can bring you into a place with God like a good praise. Yeah, and I know you think I'm kidding when I say this. I double dog dare you to praise God when you're going through. Because if you begin to praise God, there's something about the power of God that shows up in praise. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. And if I begin to praise long enough, before I know it, I'm going to change my position because I can't stay where I am and praise. And I ought to tell you this, if you see somebody praising God, don't let them praise by themselves. Do me a favor, just look over at somebody now, just tell them, friends don't let friends praise by themselves Job's friends came to mourn with him and when it was over friends came to celebrate with him let me tell you something you don't ever let folk praise by themselves I'm, I'm, look, don't, I'm about to say something that I, that I probably shouldn't say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Don't let somebody be up there shouting in the middle of the aisle. You don't kind of go over there and help them. And I ain't talking about just pushing them back to their seat. Get on that. He says that they may be called trees or 
oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he, he may be glorified. And then God, then God really gets, he says, I'm a, I'm, here's how I'm going to do this. Now notice if you will, the first part is all internal psychic parts. Are you listening? It, it relates to what's going on in my spirit. You know, beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. All of that stuff is to renew me that I can be an oak of righteousness. That I can be a Psalm 1 believer like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Come on here. But when that's over, he says, he says, I want to get to the place where not only am I healed in my spirit, but even that which belongs to me is restored. So it's the inner psychic trauma, which is followed by the physical blessing being returned. He says, there's going to be a rebuilding time. The old ruined places are getting ready to be rebuilt. The former desolations that's getting ready to rebuild. Repair to ruined cities are getting ready to rebuild. Generations of desolations are getting ready to be changed. He says, I'm putting you in a position now where I'm restoring physically what was lost. Now, I need to walk down somebody's street right now because, see, you, you can look at your life and you can see certain things that have taken place and you've lost certain things. But here's what God said. God said, I can restore. God, God still restores. God still restores. God still restores. He says, I'm going to bring back that which has been taken from you. I'm going to restore. And he, this is the thing that I get excited about. He doesn't say, I'm going to give you back what you had and it's still in good condition. He says, I need to be upfront with you. What you had before is ruined. The old as in desolation. The honesty of the text jumps out at me because God doesn't try to act like what you went through wasn't what you went through. God doesn't try and put it to you like, oh, it was really okay, baby. The, the storm wasn't that bad. You just got a little water. Foundation crumbling, house about to fall down. No, 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 it wasn't a little bit of water. It took it out. It messed it up. It ruined it. It was no more. Uh, my wife and I um, heard a noise. Well, my wife heard a noise, then she sent me to check. <laughs> well, I, you know I don't hear that well. And that was before I had problems. Uh, and, and we had a horrible flood in the basement. And it would have been, flood water would have been okay. But in our case, the septic tank had backed into the house. And the pipe holding the septic tank had broken free. And there was literally, you know what I'm talking about. All over, huh? That, that, that's, the description was good enough. I can, I can make it a little more plain if you need it. Elder Short always wants to keep me dignified. 
but that was an undignified situation. Because if you walked down there, you had to leave whatever you had down there, down there. Oh, it was horrible. Now, don't come in my house and I got all this over the floor, probably months worth of stuff. Seeping all up the walls and tell me it ain't that bad. Maybe if it was at your house, it wouldn't be that bad. But for me, are you, are you understand what I'm saying? It is what it is. It was what it was. And you might as well realize that. And, and when I look at this text, I think of that moment because I realize just what God said. I'm going to not only take that which is desolated and ruined, but I'll make it better. I'll take it beyond what it was. I will not only restore, but I'll bring it better. And see, the thing you've got to get over is the desolation. Because desolation may actually in your life be that which precedes the blessing. You don't have to act like it didn't happen. You don't have to act like there wasn't ruin. You don't have to act like there wasn't a problem. You don't have to act like the, the feces hit the rotating circular blade because it did. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with what you went through so that you can really celebrate God's fixing it. God can fix it and restore it. Nothing more undignified than walking through that mess. But God can fix it and restore it. And I, I came to preach this word to somebody tonight who feels like the enemy stole your dignity. I want to tell, I want to bless you here. Don't you worry about it. Because for every situation, God's got to repair. He says, I'm, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you your dignity. I'm going to bless you. Oh, I wish I had more time. I don't have time. But let me say it a little more. He says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless you so much that I'm making all of you priests. I'm making you priest of the Lord. I'm, I'm going to raise you up into a whole new place. And he says, look here. Here's the, here's the, here's the shout there. Verse 7 is a shout. Instead of your shame. See, whenever you go through desolation, ruin, whenever you go through certain things in your life, it brings shame to you. And you feel shame. You sense shame. You know shame. And what's worse, other folk know you in it. He says, ah. He says, I'm going to do this. I'm taking your shame and I'm giving you double honor. He says, I'm taking your shame. I'll take one shame for double honor. I'll take one shame for double honor. I'll take one state of confusion. I'll take one state of despair and I'll give you to be able to rejoice in your double portion. Not just your portion, in your double portion. 
He says, matter of fact, I'll take that shame from you and I'll double it up with everlasting joy. Here's, here's, the, here's the joy of the text. Here's the, here's the joy of the text. The joy of the text is that God says, I'm going to restore dignity. Dignity. Now, I don't know about you, but um, certain times in my life where dignity means more than other times. You know, I don't, I don't like to look bad. Don't like to look bad in front of other people. You know what I'm saying? You, you like that? You like that? And, and when certain things happen, I want God to be on my side. To tell me, you went through it, but the fact that you went through it does not define you. Whew, I'm preaching up in here tonight. I need to help somebody right now. You are not defined by the disasters of your life. You are not defined by the pain you've been through. You are not defined by the destruction the enemy has tried to put in your pathway. You are not defined by anything you've been through in your past. You can look at all of the failures of your past and realize that they do not define you. God has already defined you. And God said, I see what you've been through and I will restore Then he says to them, not only am I going to do a restoration of your dignity, but I'm going to have a restoration of duty. 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 Huh? I looked at this several times because it bothered me and I wanted to see it again and again. He says, I'm going to restore duty. And, and, and at first, this text here, verse 8, jumped at me. He says, for I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery. For burnt offerings, I will direct their work in truth. And I will make with them an everlasting covenant. Here, 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 there's, there's several ways to look at this. And I could look at this as God pronouncing and saying, I'm going to be the one to direct and navigate their life. And, and I like that. I could preach that all day. That's, there's some truth there. I, God's going to navigate and direct. God's going to be the one to dictate what's going to happen next. And that's good news. You, you can shout on that. God is in control. But there's something else here. There's another definition for duty which relates to a payment imposed and enforceable by law or custom. Well, God's saying, look here, I will direct what's going to happen next that recompense comes your way. That, that everything that has been done wrong to you has to be made right. That, the, that a compensation has to go in your direction and that the compensation in your direction is going to be because of an everlasting covenant. Whew. Okay, let me, let me work with this one moment. You see, sometimes we go through certain things in our life and we feel like God has forgotten us. I don't know about you, but I pray for some stuff that I didn't get. 
You better pray for stuff you didn't get. The rest of y'all lying. I prayed for stuff I didn't get. And many times I found out later why I didn't get it and was glad I didn't. I prayed for a house one time. My wife and I were praying for a house. We wanted it. And God said, no. I tried to change God's mind. Rode around the block. Prayed about it. Wanted to throw some oil over in the yard. I just knew it was mine. This is where we, this is where I'm supposed to raise my family. God said, no. Had God answered my prayer, he would have took me two steps back from where he wanted me to be. Y'all didn't get that. It went over your head, went over your head. Just because God was saying no did not mean that God was saying, I don't care. You don't need anywhere to live. Y'all, see, I'm trying to bless you here. Sometimes when God's no's come in our life, we think it's a reason that God has abandoned us or forgotten us. But no, the everlasting covenant that God has made with you as a blood-born, blood-washed believer in Jesus Christ is still in effect even when you go through. Matter of fact, I'd like to say especially when you go through. Because the only reason it didn't kill you is because God kept you. The only reason you didn't lose your mind is because God kept you. The only reason you're not walking around halfway backwards is because God kept you. The only reason you're still standing and not curled up in a fetal position is because God kept you. God has not forgotten you. I got everlasting covenant with you. And since I'm going to recompense what, what's going on, I'm going to recompense everything the enemy tried to. <sighs> Somebody in here this year, I really do believe it, and I speak it by prophecy, by truth, that this is going to be your year of restoration. That you're going to see God bring back into your life stuff the enemy tried to take from you. You're going to see God realign in your life what the enemy tried to steal. All I'm going to ask you to do is just keep walking in faith. You just, keep, you just keep realizing the covenant is real. Look at somebody tell them the covenant is real. God has not forgotten me. Oh, you didn't say it like you meant it. The covenant is real. God has not forgotten me. He's going to direct not only my path, but he's going to direct my restoration. I got I got I got one more point and I'm going to stop. One more point, one more point, one more point. Here's what he says. You know, write Isaiah 55 and 3 down just as a, an aside note that because he says, I'll make an everlasting covenant with you and the sure mercies of David. I, I, I just put that in your head, but back. But, but, but the last thing I want to tell you about this text is this text speaks to a restoration of destiny. A restoration of destiny. Here's what God says. I want y'all to get this last part. He says, for I, the Lord, beginning at verse 8, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offerings. He said, I direct their work in truth for an everlasting covenant. He says, here now, 
their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles, their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. Oh, wait a minute. We're going back and grabbing the Abrahamic covenant. We're going to get the Abrahamic covenant where I'm going to bless your seed. Y'all missed it, went over your head. He said, I'm restoring destiny, but not just for you, but for your seed. Your posterity is going to be blessed. That which has flowed from you is going to walk in a blessing. He says, I'm getting ready to restore, and I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth this bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown into spring forth, so the Lord God would cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all of the nations. Let me stop right here tonight. He says, just like I promised, I'll raise you up as a nation that other people will have to see. Instead of having an undignified life, I'm going to dignify you and elevate you so that people can, y'all missed it, I'm going to help you right now. God wants to know, can I make you an exhibit in my garden to show folks just what I can do? I just want people to see how I can bless even those that have been through a whole lot, even those who have witnessed desolation and those who have witnessed destruction, I can bless. But I'm not just going to bless you. I'm going to give you a double portion so that I'll expand you so that the children you lost, the land you lost, the things you lost, I'm going to restore to you so that you have a double portion. I'm expanding and enlarging your territory. I'm going to expand it so much that you'll have others needing to work on your land. I'll make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I'll make you the lender and not the borrower. I'm giving you a double portion so the overflow will be in your life much more and beyond double portion. I know you been through something, but I'm giving you a double, 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 double for your trouble, double for your pain, double for your heartache, double for your disappointment, double for your discouragement, double for your depression, double for your down sitting, double. I'm gonna bless you, double portion. Somebody give God a praise in this place. God restores double portion, double portion.